Moses presents a choice to the people. Choose to obey God and have life in prosperity or reject God and embrace death and adversity. He exhorts them to choose life. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now, you are still not ready. For you are still of the flesh, for as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh, and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard it said that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. 
But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. Poor Jimmy Carter. He'll never be remembered for anything else. Paula Poundstone, a comic, um, she was popular, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, Very funny. She told a story, uh, a, a long set, about driving. I think it was in San Francisco. And one of the jokes was she was out walking along the street and came by one of those signs that said, don't even think about parking here. And she stood under the sign and said, okay, I'm thinking about it, and waited to get a ticket. Um, Of course, it didn't happen. Don't even think about it. Um, If you think about it, you're liable to hell. Are we feeling really good right now? Um, Jesus is engaged in what would have been recognized at the time, a particular kind of rabbinic argument. Um, First of all, there's two devices going on here. The rabbis um, very commonly said, so-and-so said this, and then so-and-so said that, and another rabbi said this, but I say to you, and so they kind of reviewed and then summarized um, rabbinic teaching. But notice here that Matthew has Jesus not summarizing the rabbis, but summarizing the law itself. And then saying, but I say to you. So Jesus's or Matthew's community feels confident in commenting directly on the law. Jesus said at the end of our reading last week, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Here we are taking it a step further. Then the other device is what the, the rabbis would have called hedging or fencing. Fencing the law. If murder is what's wrong, and anger, if left unchecked, can lead to murder, then the way to be safe, to make sure you never commit murder, is don't even get angry. Yeah, right, like that's going to happen. But it set a hedge. It gave you a warning. Don't get any closer than this. Something I noticed about this, um, much later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus will be asked, by one of the Pharisees to summarize the law. What is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of these um, 
arguments here in the, in the Sermon on the Mount are commentary on that law. What does it mean to love my neighbor? Here's some real practical stuff. Murder, of course, is irrevocable. Um, once you've done it, you can't undo it. So Jesus says, don't even get there. Stop at anger. Is that really possible? Well, no, it's not really possible. But here are some examples. If you remember that your brother or sister has something against you while you're on your way to make your offering, leave your offering at the altar, go be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come back and make your offering. Is this practical? No. You've just made the three-day walk from Galilee up to Jerusalem with your lamb in tow. You get to the altar and you remember, oh, somebody has something against me. So you tie your lamb to a street post there in Jerusalem, walk three days back to Galilee, be reconciled, walk three days back up to Jerusalem to make your offering. Are you going to do that? No. The point is, it's not making the offering that makes you right before God. It's being reconciled to your brother or sister. And it's not somebody you have something against. Jesus isn't interested in whose fault this is, whose blame. If your brother or sister has something against you, go and be reconciled. Adultery. Adultery, of course, in those days was a property crime. It deprived a man of his um, progeny, of the surety of his progeny. And so... If you look at your neighbor's wife with the intent of this, well, that's as bad as doing it. So don't even go there. Stop yourself before you get there. Of course, it's hyperbole. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Just like the other thing was hyperbole, you're not going to walk back to Galilee. If your right hand causes you to sin, this is how serious it is. I said last week that Jesus was shifting righteousness away from the act and to the relationship. It's not that murder or adultery is wrong just by itself. It's the distortion it represents within the community relationship. Then, of course, the divorce. That's where lots of us are feeling really good right now. Lots of people have been divorced. What do we say about that? Think again of the day and age in which it was written. Divorce was a property crime. Um, You know, the poor woman... Uh, was then considered to be damaged goods. Um, If you gave her a certificate of divorce, then she could remarry without committing adultery. And so the rabbis argued, okay, so what are grounds for divorce? And Hillel said, anything that displeases the man is grounds for divorce. Even if she burns his soup, he can divorce her, provided... He gives her a certificate of divorce so that she can remarry and not commit adultery. Jesus says, nope, stop right there. Even the certificate won't do it. The man who divorces his wife causes her to commit adultery. And later, notice usually adultery is always her fault, right? Here it's the man's fault. If you cause one of these little ones to sin, says Jesus, it were better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and you cast into the sea. So Jesus has shifted it back to the man's fault. And the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So don't even go there. Don't even, for whatever reason, give her that divorce. He's protecting women. Now, in our day and age, it would be very different. It's not about property so much as it is about relationship. 
is this relationship damaging the community? Well, in that case, maybe it's better off to end it um, and, and go forward. I love uh, the nugget of truth in this Deuteronomy lesson. Deuteronomy was written to answer the question, why did this happen to us as the Jews sat in exile in Babylon? What did we do wrong? And they decided that what they had done wrong is they had disobeyed God's law not to worship other gods. And so the whole book of Deuteronomy, God over and over and over says, I'm giving you this land. If you follow my laws, you'll stay in it forever. If you don't, you will be exiled. Well, guess what? They were exiled, so it must be our fault. I hear that in hospital rooms all the time. Why is God doing this to me? Well, I don't like that theology, but there is a nugget. I've set before you today life and death, blessings and curses. It's your choice. Ann Landers famously said that holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Um, Anger is like that. It distorts the community. So you have a choice. Choose life. Set down the grudge. Don't choose death. You have a choice. Is this marriage causing damage? Set it down. Choose life. Um, Paul talks about having to speak to his community where there are jealousies and all of that. Choose life. The peace was put into the prayer book in 1979, and for the folks who remember being in the Episcopal Church before 79, the peace was the biggest disruption, the thing that people had the most difficulty with in the church. It was put in there and put where it was put for a very specific reason. We say our confession, we confess our sins against God and our neighbor, and then the priest, that is me, stands there and says, okay, God has taken care of the vertical relationship, you take care of the horizontal. Go and make peace. And if the person that you're out of sorts with isn't in this room, then use somebody in this room to stand in for them. Go and be reconciled. We put it where it was put, right before the offertory, because of this passage from Matthew. If you're about to make your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, go and be reconciled, and then come and make your offering. Choose life. It's not about the act. It's about the relationship. It's not that murder is wrong. It's that murder is irrevocable. Anger can be fixed. It's in the community. So as I had you thinking about people this week, imagining what God desired for them. Think about them as you come to the offering. Think about the joy and the sorrow of this week and being reconciled, being having that community restored. Choose life and come to the table. Amen.